What's going on, everybody? Uh, this is Jeremy Hayes with the Fadeaway Fitness, this side of the, the Rim Official podcast. Uh, this is season three, episode number 10. Today I have with me uh, Shane Hennon. He's an elite skills trainer out of the Midwest. Shane, uh, say what's up to everybody here. What is going on, everybody? Uh, Jeremy, thank you for having me on here. Uh, I'm excited to talk hoops with you guys. Cool, absolutely. I said this is uh in my mind it's been a long time coming. Like I said, you and I talked about yeah. it briefly, but like we we've we've been in contact and just been tagged in so much stuff on on the social media end of things. Um, but like I'm yeah. glad we could finally connect and kind of like you could give even like my side my my viewers like kind of a little bit of background on you and your life and kind of how you became kind of the guy that you are now. Yeah. So I grew up in a really, really t- tiny town in uh, southwest Minnesota. So I'm a farm kid and uh, grew up with not a lot of basketball options outside of having a great father and a nice paved driveway. Right. Um, <laughs> went to a small school growing up, had a really good uh, high school career, um, you know, for a small town kid. And, and I played a little bit of AAU, but... Um, I think some of the issue was I, I was in such a small area that, you know, playing against people that were better than me was kind of a long drive. So right. I wasn't surrounded, looking back at it now, I wasn't surrounded with a bunch of players that were that much better than me. Right. And uh, that um, was was good for my confidence, but it was also kind of, you know, starting the growth a little bit. So, you know, moving forward, I had, I had a good career. Um, ended up scoring like 30 points a game in, in my senior year, which really got me enough attention yeah. from that small area to for some schools to start looking at me. Right. I ended up going to an NAI school in uh, Sioux City, Iowa called Morningside College. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was a it was a great four years there. We went to two national tournaments down in Branson, Missouri, um, had great teammates, really grew up a ton, had a really, really tough coach, uh, learned about just being a man and growing up and and uh facing some adversity there right um but yeah i mean it was a it was a fun four years and then after that i graduated moved to sioux falls and and got a job at a marketing agency yeah um because i went to school for marketing and mass communications and stuff like that um I did that and I was doing basketball coaching for like an AAU team and some training on the side. So from like eight to five, I was working that normal job. Right, right, right. And then five thirty, I would hop off and go straight to the gym and work with the kids. And right. uh, I did a little coaching in in, uh, in high school. I did some uh, baseball coaching for some little kids. So I, I knew I liked working with kids. It was nice extra cash coming out of college. Um, and it ended up um, going really well, and the families loved me, and we were we were moving along. And uh, my marketing agency that I was working with actually got bought out by another business. Wow. And uh, so I was kind of faced with the situation like, hey, you can apply for a new job at this new place because you know they're buying us out. They're willing to give you a position for whatever you like. And then, uh, or my other option was like, hey, what do we? what are we thinking about this basketball stuff? So right. I went to the guy that ran the program and I said, Hey, I have a background in marketing background in communications. I would love to just help. Um, if you have a position available, he got, he kind of gave me some office hours, some, some stuff to do here and there and paid me a little bit extra, but the rest was just on me to, um, gain extra clients, right. pick on more teams, do some more camps, stuff like that. So I had to crank that up, uh, a lot right. and it went really well that's kind of when instagram videos were com- were coming out 
and uh, I use that to my advantage as much as I can. Um, so yeah, just really kind of dove into the the Sioux Falls or South Dakota community and uh, got to know a lot of the families and a lot of the kids, and it was all word of mouth. And right. Super organic, and uh, yeah, a lot of those kids I still work with today, so it's been good. Yeah, for sure, um, and I think that's crazy because like, I, I feel like, I mean, that happens in most situations with, with trainers, I guess, that make it a full-time thing is they already have a, a full-time job, and then they kind of yeah. just do it as like your side gig and earn some yeah. side cash, and then like, man, this training thing's kind of taken off a little bit, and like, yeah. then that's kind of like, honestly, in my in my story, I had... I had a full-time position and like got onto like some AAU and like I always trained but like never like I guess real real serious and then like got into the point where I was like man I'm getting pretty decent at this thing and like now it's social media word of mouth wise and now I'm like now on a weekend I could be doing uh 17 18 19 sessions in a row and it's like this is crazy because you never ever thought that you could I guess make a make a career outside of playing basketball and now it's everything that's going on today is the day and age like like I said, this yeah. podcast never happens if, <laughs> like, you don't start a basketball company. Like, it's just it's crazy that, like, basketball can kind of take you so far in your life. It is crazy, and I think it's it's a handful of things. Social, social media is a huge majority of, you know, what's been responsible for right. this as a, a career for people. Um, and it's, like, you just said it, like, a couple of years ago or, or years before that, um, this wasn't like a job people set out to do. Right. And I still have kids that will reach out to me. I have a kid that's actually from Morningside. He said, he's like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to like take the steps into this career because right. there's not a course for it. Right. And it's still relatively new, um, to the world. So, um, yeah, I, I, I do remember coming out and, you know, doing, uh, the, the side gig thing and then it turned into a full-time thing. Right. I was like, okay, how do I, how do I make this into a career? Cause I love it. Yeah. And I love basketball. I always have, and I love working with kids. How, so it was a lot of just like sitting in the apartment, um, solo and just like right. mapping it out and trying to figure out like what I want to do. And, and that's changed like, you know, every year goals change and plans right. change and all sorts of stuff, but just kind of having short term, short term goals and, and, uh, going from there has been successful for me. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I think that's huge. Cause like, honestly, it gets to the point where if you're like just trying things and either they're working or they're not working, it, it gets to a point where like you're starting your mo- roadmap, but like you kind of got to go through all the, the failures yeah. and the mistakes first. And then like, Oh man, I ran a camp and three kids came great. <laughs> now you got to yeah. figure out what happens next. Like, and I think that like over a course of the time, like, um, you, like I said, you figure out what works, you figure out well, like what you could do better. And then like, I mean, it's been, I, I've been doing this full, full time for four years now. And it's like, and so how long have you been officially, I guess, full time with this? Yeah. Um, it would be 2015. So I graduated actually that, that agency got bought out pretty quick. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I had a full time job outside of basketball for about eight months yeah. out of college. And, uh, after that in 2015, I just, that's when the, the switch flips. So right. yeah, it's been, what is that? Five, six years. Um, crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. That's wild. So like I said, almost like let's rewind just a little bit and kind of like, like sure. you said, you were, you were in a small, small town kid. Um, yeah. kind of talk about like, um, did you compete in any other different sports when you were growing up? Um, and then if you did like, in your opinion, do you think playing multiple sports kind of helps you like grow as a complete athlete more so than like yeah. one specific athlete? 
Yeah, I I do think that. And when I was a kid, I did everything. I loved football. I'm from Minnesota, so like Randy Moss and Chris Carter were right. my idols. And uh, I wanted to play football all the time. Um, then when, it hit, when winter hit, I wanted to be Kevin Garnett, and I wanted to play basketball all the time. <laughs> right. And then the spring hit, I wanted to be Torrey Hunter and all these other Twins players. So um, I just love sports, man. I, like, I loved – these sports idols, these people that uh, played on my state's team, like I loved all of them. Right. Um, and as a kid, like that, you think about a little kid playing a bunch of sports and just becoming a natural athlete, moving differently, using different muscles, thinking differently, um, having different type of patient levels, knowing when to be aggressive. There's, I mean, every sport is different. So right. every sport's going to teach you a different lesson. And uh, I, I know that helped me. And growing up and going into high school, um, I actually played football till I was a freshman, but then um, somebody said, hey, up in Minneapolis, there's a fall league and there's like D1, D2 players playing. We're making a team. Do you want to play? I was yeah. like, yeah. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I eventually stopped playing football um, and played basketball from the fall all the way to the spring. And then I played baseball. And baseball was an absolute blast for me because yeah. not only was I playing a different sport for – just athletic stuff. I think one thing that doesn't get talked about enough is like, if you're a player and, and you're a high level player and, and you're successful, there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of expectations for you to perform every day. So every time you either practice or if you go into a game and you're averaging so much points a game or rebounds or assists and you guys are winning, a lot of that is on your shoulders. Right. And when I went into spring and got to play baseball, all that was just lifted For sure. off of me. And I can just relax and play a game that I love. And I was good at it. I just, there was no pressure because that wasn't the thing that I was known for playing. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. So I think mentally having that break was huge for me. Right. Otherwise, it, w- it would have been tough um, as a kid and, and for a lot of kids just to deal with that expectation. So you see kids that literally play basketball at all year they have a fall league right they play their school ball then they have spring and summer with their travel stuff and it's the same expectations same movements same everything the yeah. whole year so breaking that pattern and then coming back to it is is always a good thing yeah um, I, I, I totally agree i totally yeah. agree and i honestly like then it gets to the point where like and I, I like to ask a lot of my guests on the show is like at what point do you like start having, I guess, tougher conversations with with you, with your with yourself, with your parents, with your coaches? They're like, okay, well, I'm getting pretty good at this whole basketball thing, or I'm getting pretty good at football. Like, at what point do you feel like it's like, hey, maybe we should start narrowing it down to two sports? Hey, should we narrow it down to just one and solely focus on one? When do you, when when would you say would be a good time for that? I made that choice in high school because I had an opportunity. I think sometimes people make a choice based on something that they want but don't have like they'll just quit a sport because they want to focus on this right and they don't have a plan and they don't have an opportunity they don't have somebody that's going to work with them they don't have a team to play like right right right. i I think if you're going to do that you actually need to one have a plan then two go put the work in for sure um because i knew kids that um i would talk to our football coach and he was always like i don't know he I love working with him. He's a great dude. He, I, he loves working with me. Right. Um, but he, I could tell when I stopped playing football, he was a little upset or there's other football coaches that are upset. Right. But he knew that this is what I wanted and I had a plan. And then we'll have some younger kids that came after me from my school do the same thing and they don't do, they don't have that plan. Right. So I, I don't, I'm not sure on an age. I think high school, there's some middle schools that do that. Um, 
and obviously if you're going to play college sports like going into your senior year junior year you got to start thinking like hey i need to spend way more time on this sport if this is what i want to do or if i I have an opportunity to play at the next level um but the other thing too to think about is like year-round specialization of sports is is at an all-time high right like you can you can play a, a sport and then for an hour afterwards you can go to some facility in some gym similar to ours right and specialize in that one sport that you're also trying to grow in so like i could be a, a golfer right and then go you know at seven to eight o'clock go to the gym and get my shots up still right so, for sure i think there's way more opportunity to specialize i do think that sometimes takes away from kids playing other sports um but yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough on the age thing. I think it's all individual and yeah. very specific to the person. For sure. No, I totally understand. And I totally get what uh, what you're saying. So uh, honestly, like, kind of like from youth to like your high school to college days to like even I guess where you're at now is like, did you have any major influences kind of like that helped kind of like guide you in the right direction? I would yeah. say outside of like you said your dad earlier, your dad. But like, nah, who else yeah. would like, would you claim was a big uh, like influence in your life? Oh man, just uh, everybody from my hometown was huge because I mean it was good and bad. Um, comp- like I said, confidence builder, being the guy is always great because you you'll walk into any room and just like you feel right. great. But also living in that bubble and getting out of the bubble when you go to college and just get your butt kicked. Right, that's a huge huge influence. So like realizing crap, I'm not that good. Or right. crap, I'm not the best player. <laughs> That is like an adversity. It's adversity staring you in the face. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. What you have a couple choices. What are we, what do you want to do? So, um, individual people, I mean, there's a lot like all my coaches and stuff, but I think these situations that I face were the biggest influences on me. Right. Um, obviously my dad, my high school coach, my college coach are huge. All my teammates in college were, were huge for me, but, um, I think it was coming from a small town, going to somewhat of a bigger city, not huge in Iowa, yeah. but bigger than what I was used to and uh having people that were better than me and then you know just having that adversity and i wasn't perfect there there was times where i got down on myself or you know i said you know screw it like i don't want to do it or whatever but i stuck it out and and i learned from it um i think those are the biggest influences on on me right um going from there to the training world um like trainers that were influencer influential for me or Somebody like Drew Hanlon, yeah. which I've been lucky to meet and talk to, but at the time, like I never got to talk to him. I just consumed all of his content, right? <laughs> and then down the road, I finally got to meet him. But um, Reed Osi is is my best friend. He's he's huge in yeah. my career development. All this stuff. He's great. He's out of Minneapolis. He's been. He, there was a point in my training career where I hit a roadblock and I was like, well, I feel like I can't learn anything new or I'm stuck right. um, because I feel like I'm teaching the same stuff over and over. And he opened up this whole new world of understanding terminology and movements and timing right. um, that really helped me too. So, yeah, I think it's a, a mixture of some experiences going from high school to college and then some experiences with, with people like Drew Hanlon that I looked at from afar, like, hey, I want to do what this guy's doing. Right. Or DJ Sackman right. or Jordan Lawley. Um, and then people like Reed Osi that were, I for me, are still at that same level, but that actually I can go into a gym and talk to and spend yeah. time with. It's been huge. Oh, for sure. And I think that's, that's big to have uh, influences on you um, 
kind of like I said, as a kid to, to an adult and kind of like push you in the right direction and kind of like help guide and mentor you um, yeah. is big. And I think that, I mean, that's in, in all areas of life, outside of basketball, outside of everything. Um, you need to have kind of positive people around you if you truly, yeah. truly want to be successful. Um, so kind of you talked about kind of how you got into like the training, training game and training industry. Yeah. But like when did you start to see that like, kind of you were starting to have some success and like you were doing things the right way and I guess that you were moving forward on the right path here yeah I think it was uh, it was kind of early um and there was by the time I got to South Dakota there's already another facility there's already other programs are doing it right um so it wasn't like I stepped into a a place where it's like wow I'm the only guy um so I had to compete I had to be better um I think it was just the feedback from these parents and these little kids. Like, as as much as I, everybody wants to work with pro players and all this stuff, like these little kids is where you really develop your craft as right. a trainer. Um, so when I started getting these feedback from these parents, like, hey, you know, so and so loves this, we want to do more, or we love playing on your team because you you push them, but you're still positive. It was just like little feedbacks like that that really helped me kind of mold and kind of etch out like who I wanted to be as a coach or a trainer. Um, and to be honest, down the road, I, I was doing the, the travel coaching stuff because yeah. it was extra cash and, and I wanted to, and I loved the kids and I actually liked coaching, but there came a point where I was sitting at a, at a tournament in a different state and I had like a nine o'clock game and my next game that was until one. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to sit here. Right. You know what I mean? You have so many weekends like that. So at one point I was like, you know what? I'm done doing the coaching stuff. I love it, but I don't want to do this anymore. Right. And that's when I was like, okay, it's time to go all out on training. Right. You have to, you have to become a skill development person. That's what you stand for. That's what you love. You can stay in the gym and just work with these kids. Um, and that's where that, at that point is when I decided like, Hey, you need to crank this up a notch. Um, you have to look at what these other people are doing, like who I mentioned before when I was younger, right. learning Drew Handling and all these people. I was like, you just have you have to act and work like you are him, right? Or for you sure. are them, and you have to carry yourself at the, at the same way they do. And uh, you know that took some time, and it's, I'm still working on a lot of that stuff. But um, yeah, I think that moment sitting in that tournament where I was like, that's, that's enough of this. Uh, right. I just want to <laughs> I want to do the training, and I want to work with high level players and, and beginners and stuff like that. So. Right, for sure. Almost like kind of take all everything you've learned so far, and kind of like all the momentum that you've built. Kind of like what were been, have been some of the most like I guess memorable moments um, that you've been able to kind of achieve, but also kind of like live through. Um, just in, in involved with training right now. Yeah. Um, there's been a bunch there's been a bunch of high school kids that get um scholarships i think some of my favorite memories are going to signing days right um and and like talking with these families and and i'm not a person that wants to stand there and have you compliment me i like so i have these families that you know they're hugging their daughter or their son and and they're thanking me so much and all this stuff and and at at the you know in the moment it's like yeah yeah don't worry about it but then you you're driving home you're like wow I spent a lot of hours with that girl right. or that guy and uh, she's going to college and she just saved thousands and thousands right. of dollars and she's got a great experience. Like that, that stuff is always going to be memorable for me. I think at the moment I struggle to really soak it in, but I think down the road I'm going to be able to look back and be like, wow, I, I really helped a lot of kids. Right. Um, uh, uh, you know, from a different standpoint, like working with some pro guys um, and helping them earn big amounts of money and feeding their families and changing their lives has been awesome for me. Um, 
and that's something that I really, really enjoy and really love. Um, like even uh, our most recent experience has been working with Reed Travis. He's out in Japan, mm-hmm. and uh, we just started doing Zoom or FaceTime workouts. So like, he'll get his his AirPods in, yeah, or his Beats in, and uh, he'll go on the court. He'll FaceTime me, and I'll talk him through the workout. <laughs> he'll have a rebounder. Yeah, and uh, it's been awesome. Yeah, and it's something that we didn't do in the beginning of the year, and now we we starting to do more. Yeah, and uh, and I'll also cut up his film and say, hey, here, here's some possible opportunities that you're missing, wow. or here's why you're missing the shot. Right, and uh, seeing how that is translated literally into the next game has been awesome because yeah. you know like skill development stuff it takes a long time right but if you get to these high level guys like these dudes are ready like right, you right. give them an adjustment it'll happen like the next day real quick yeah so so i mean we've been working and he just literally scored like 42 points after <laughs> we've done all, and i was like holy crap this is awesome yeah like that gave me this huge rush of excitement and stuff so right um yeah, I don't know. There's some there's some like long term things that I I know will hit me later down the road. Yeah. And there's like these little things that I think with every trainer, even with yourself, like it uh it hits you uh, right away, and you're like, wow, this is awesome. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Now, almost like turn that on the flip side. Like, have there been any like struggles or like have you uh, like faced any adversity that you kind of had to overcome, kind of just in the training world yeah. so far? Yeah, I mean, I think for every every person, I mean, I was, I don't know, 22, 21, 23 when you come out of college. And, yeah. Um, no, you're probably like 24, 23, 24 when you come out of college, and you, the first thing your parents are like, hey, get a job. Right. You know what I mean? So I think the, the hard part for me was, the struggle for me was dealing with, with outside perspective as like, is this really a job? Right. Or, can you even make that a career or like it was even to a point where I told my mom and or my, my stepmother and my, my dad, I was like, Hey, I want to come back to, to Minneota and do camps. Cause I never got to do them. Right. Or I never got to be a part of them when I was younger. And they're like, yeah, that's a good, like they didn't, they didn't uh, say <laughs> don't do it, but they also didn't promote it. Right? right. They didn't want me to do it cause they wanted me to focus on getting a job. So dealing right. with dealing with stuff like that, and it's nothing against my parents. They love me. They want the best for me. But right. it was like, you know, you have this drive and this, these goals that are a little bit different than everybody else's normal career path. Right. And dealing with that and just kind of pushing through it and not letting anybody kind of like these people's doubt or anything like that kind of push you in a direction you might not really want to go. Right. Um, and just kind of following, like it's cliche, but just following your dreams and like every day just like, hey, I got to work at this and this is what I want to do. Right. And I almost like, I mean, when I meet people and they, they ask me kind of what I do if they don't know already, but like, I always just say I'm a basketball entrepreneur and like, it gets yeah, to the point yeah. where like, cause like, I think people, people give, I think entrepreneurs a bad stigma because it's not the typical go get a job, go get the nice, like, like salary not, and then just, no. okay. So it's like, well, I'm trying to, okay, a podcast here. I'm trying to do YouTube. I'm trying to do all this social media. Oh, now I got to do yeah, business, camps, man. clinics, it's, this, this, this. Yeah. And it's like, and I feel like anything involved in basketball, I'm going to try to figure out a way that I can help one, help somebody yeah. two help, help like grow my business. But then also how yep. can I figure out how to monetize it as well? And it's like, I feel like you got to start having that mindset of like, can you see the bigger picture outside of just working with somebody one-on-one? Yeah. You're not just a skills trainer. Right. It's literally like you just said, you are a business um, and you can offer a lot of services, right. not just on the court. And that's like, I mean, that's essentially like what you just said is essentially what, I, what I've been building is you just, you're, it's, I don't want to say you're building a brand, but you're building 
what you're known for and what you do. Right. Um, it's 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 a ton of work. It's way more work than people think. Right. It's uh it's definitely not just showing up to the gym and and getting through ki- kids through workouts and stuff like that. <laughs> Some days I wish it was just that. Like I said, I didn't uh, have to. I've, you do oh, the you do the twelve fifteen hours, then you oh now I got to go film three four videos. <laughs> yeah, like, and what's it's it's crazy too because I so now I work with the Sanford Pentagon. Yep. And I was kind of telling you this a, a little bit earlier, but they have all these events. They got tournaments. They got college games and whatever. Like Iowa Gonzaga just played there. Right. They have volleyball academies, all this stuff. So I have to spend time trying to build a basketball academy, and I love it, <laughs> and it's been going really well. Yep. And that is like that's a full time job in itself, and I have some other people that are, are employees and help too. Yeah. Um, but then you also have your personal brand and your personal business that needs attention. Right. And then you also have to get on the court with these kids and do what you're supposed to do. And yeah, I mean it's it's everything you said. It's a uh, it's a lot of work, um, but it's definitely worth it, and it's fun. Right. Oh, for sure. At the end of the day, like I said, I get to tell people I, I pretty much I dribble a basketball for a living. Like. Which isn't yeah. which isn't hard, like, and it, it it's fun, it's enjoyable. But like I said, people, I think people really only see like what you allow them to see. They allow, you allow them yeah. to see a couple videos, a couple a couple pictures, a couple a uh, couple workouts. That's it. They don't see yeah. anything else that runs behind the scenes. <laughs> no, and well, and I have a question for you too. Like, mm-hmm. so like when let's say, and it's it's easy for every any profession to do this. You have the dream job, you love it. And, and I've went through this in my career when I was younger and, and have now learned how to deal with it. But let's say you get to a point where like, wow, I just like, I'm kind of sick of being in the gym right. <laughs> or dribbling the basketball right. or, or doing these things. What are some things that you do to maybe counter that or, you know, maybe reset your mind like, oh, yeah, this is what I love. Yeah. This is why I'm doing it, stuff like that. Right. So I guess on my end, um, I do a couple things. Well, like, especially like now with kids being in school. Like it kind of gives me a little bit of the mornings free and like yep. if it's yep. if it's nice out I really do like to golf. So like I will yep. go and I'll play even if it's just nine holes, I'll get out and <laughs> smell the fresh air and then I'll get back to it. Awesome. But then also like um so on top of everything that I personally do with Fadeaway Fitness, um I got involved with a uh, a, a Nike basketball um, prep school program. It's called First Love Christian okay. Academy, based out of uh, Pittsburgh. So with th- with them, I'm the athletic performance coach and uh, like a second assistant coach type of deal. So even though it is still very much involved with basketball all day, like just me doing a something little a, yeah. a little bit different, <laughs> like yeah. kind of gives me, I guess, a a, a breather. But like, um, 100%, 100%. even just we'll, we'll take this weekend, for example, we play in the flying to the hoop tournament in uh, our showcase in Dayton. Like, okay, I get to pack up a little bit and then go to Dayton and then hang out with the team yeah. and then go to these showcase games. Amani Bates will be there, a couple other big name yeah. players. And it's like, you get to see a different side of basketball other than just like, I guess, normal yeah. high school, you get to compete yeah. with all the Montverds and IMGs. And, and it's like, yeah. I feel like to me that just like, it gives me a break from the constant grind of just, okay, I got 20 sessions I have to do. And I think, I think that has been the biggest thing for me is like, I mean, I just celebrated my four year anniversary of fade away and like, which has been cool, but like it's grown so much from when I started to now. And it's like, I, I don't have a girlfriend. I don't have a wife. I don't have a kid. So like my whole life is fade away right now. So it's like, Yep. I'm I'm the type of guy that just like you know what I'm gonna go do all of these sessions all day, not eat, not yep. nothing. But then like 
wake up the next day, do it all again, because I see the success. I see some of the momentum that I'm kind of getting. And like, I feel like eventually it's going to get to a point where I know I'm going to have to slow down a little bit. And then I know I'm going to have to, you know what I'm, uh, so almost honestly, honestly, I just, just announced, um, I'm running a a skill case, like a showcase, uh, at, at the end of, uh, at the end of July, August. So like, that's going to be something different. So I'm like, now I'm putting on a massive event. So I guess that this could be like a spoiler alert to anybody listening yeah. to this. It's mine, yeah. but like, I'm looking to do like two or three of them throughout the year and then almost like dial it back a little bit on some of the trainings and I can work on a lot of groups and just some individuals yeah. and like, but like the majority of what I want to do is kind of a, a bring more, sh- more exposure and kind of help these kids on more of a national scale than versus just like a, a smaller That's local awesome. scale. So like if you're, if you're really good locally here, awesome. But like there's more kids outside of the world that are <laughs> local. Yeah. Same thing as like, my situation. Yeah. So I, I, your bubble. right. So like, I mean, right now I'm at the point where, like I said, I, I'm still a, I'm a grinder. I just like to get in the gym and just, yep. I don't care how many hours I'm going to be here, but I know yep. eventually like there's days that like, man, I wish I could only do like a couple and then just get out. <laughs> yeah, like, for real. Well, so. and I think it's exactly what you said. One of a one is its balance, and like you going to golf mm-hmm. is huge. Like, just for your brain, right. just to think and relax and do something differently. I think that's something too. Is like I'll try to find something that you know I can, I can do it. Like if I'm sweating or competing right. in a different sport or a different type, like even just playing in a rec league. Right, instead right. of training, right. is is a is different for me. It feels great. Yeah. Um, golfing, like they have a volleyball academy, so like hitting a volleyball around with, <laughs> yeah. with uh, my wife and our friends, like stuff like that is is always good. But it's it's what you said is like not only do you have to find balance, but you also have to understand like this the balance can be skewed a little bit differently now than right. when it needs to be in the future. Right. Like uh, uh, me and my wife have been married for two and a half, almost three years, and. Um, that's my biggest challenge is finding a balance with her and, and, um, making sure I'm spending enough time just enjoying her presence and, and being with her. Right. Um, but also understanding like, Hey, we're going to have kids and we're going to have all these other responsibilities down the road. So like, if I want to get this done, right. I need to grind now. Right. And that balance, like I said, that balance will look different down the road. I love that answer though, but it's, it's, yeah, it's literally what you said it right. just is it's kind of mixing it up in your day and your life a yeah. little bit and getting away, but, but oh, then, like, when cool. you're in, you're in. And I, like I said, kind of to piggyback what you said about even just, like, to go play pickup or, like, yep. it's something different. But, like, I think at the beginning when I started this, it was, like, I I, I, didn't, I had a little bit more free time, but it was, like, I got into CrossFit more. And it was, like, okay, yep. I'm, like, I'm getting my workout in, but also, like, CrossFit's really big on the whole competition thing, putting the time to yep. it and, like, I mean, you, you can, you can get, get that out of you. yeah, you can get severely injured if you don't do this properly. But at the same time, like if you know what you're doing and the next guy next to you know, knows what you're doing, like it, like you two can compete at a high level while working yeah. out. And like, it just became something like I said, it was different. It was outside of the gym. It's like, you kind of clear yeah. your mind and like get your workout in too. kind of kill two birds, one stone. Okay. Now take a deep breath and then get back to the gym and kind of get after it again. 100%. Cool. So yeah. like almost like turn that into like. Uh, your training philosophy and like, sure. if you can, if you can kind of share a little bit about that and like, honestly, like yeah. what have been some of like the most like impactful skills, I guess a player can master almost like yeah. to maximize their playing time and have success in today's game. Yeah. 
actually had a great conversation with that. It was, so I'll, I'll share that too. But yeah. um, philosophies, I'll try to keep it simple. Um, and the way to do that in, in my eyes is to work on stuff outside your comfort zone and become a well-rounded basketball player. Right. Um, there's times for specialization. There's times to pick a skill and work on it, obviously. Um, but starting them young and um, – if you get a, a kid that's really young, like a kindergartner through third grade, you need to instill love for the game. Right. So worry less about having to teach them so many things because they're not going to remember anyways. Right. Just make sure they like see that basketball and they're like, oh yeah, that's this is fun. I want to do that. Yeah. That's the first step. And then you know, as they grow, teaching them concepts on how to play, uh, putting them in a two-on-two setting with a partner that they have to pass to, or yeah. whether it's monkey in the middle, like all those games all those like silly little kid games are actually very, very useful. Right. And, uh, like dribble tag or just tag in general. Um, all that stuff is useful cause it's fun. People want it. Those kids want to keep doing it. And, uh, it's actually good for their skills. And then you get older. A lot of the stuff I do has to do with footwork details. Right. So the timing of your feet and the timing of the ball hitting the floor, yep. whether you're going off a bounce or you may be playing out the catch, whatever. A lot of what I teach is all timing, and I will give players specific <clears throat> timing details. Like, hey, I want you to go. Um, and it's, a lot of it's terminology for me too, yeah. and I kind of I can talk about terminology too. But if I say, hey, kid, go drop cross, one dribble, speed stop, pull up, and right. he'll be able to like in his brain, he can already see that happening because right. he understands the terminology, he understands the timing on which things need to happen, yep. so he's not dribbling the ball too early. He's taking the correct amount of steps, yeah. and uh, he's he's picking the ball up at the right time. Right, and the proper footwork, can... even like stepping into like your speed stop yes. at the end. Like you got to be able to and uh, uh, um, that, like I said, that one two really quick stop on a dime drop, kind of replace your feet a little bit. I think yeah. is big, and I think kids don't get that right away because they almost just like you tell them the speed stop, and you might demonstrate it, but like it gets to the point where they just like come to a complete jump stop on there and it's just I know. and like <laughs> no like let's go uh, back and rewind it and i feel like yeah. body control yeah. is really big for people too 100% 100% and i think that comes with being more skilled and if the timing is off you're going to fall over and you're not going to be unlock be able to unlock right. a bunch of things so we did this one on one thing with uh, a couple of eighth graders the other night they went a crossover and one dribble. So they went around a cone with a crossover. Yep. They had to take their motion steps, and then they would take the one dribble, and then it was live. Yeah. So I'm trying to teach them, like, hey, once you get to that one dribble, it unlocks everything. Right. You can hesitate with a skip or a heavy foot, or you can pull up with the speed stop pull up. You can go right. partial stop. You can put it – like, there's so obviously there's so many options. Like, you go right. hero, whatever. Um so making sure kids are educated on footwork timing is huge for me um, and, and using that terminology to back it up. It's just like when you learn vocab words or right. um, like if I was a doctor and I said, hey, you know, assistant, hand me a scalpel. And she looks at the 18 knives and it's like, <laughs> uh, and then grabs her. You know what I mean? Like right. she knows exactly or he knows exactly which one I'm talking about. Right. And if you can give these kids that, that's going to be huge. And right. then after that like once they understand the terminology and the forward timing they could do all this stuff like like a robot right. you have to put them in these live situations with, to use it and think for themselves because that block training of me standing at half court or right next to you saying hey do this do this do this and then they do it and they're great at it that's not enough you right. have to there's a whole nother step so what i like to do is put them in uh 
specific situations, whether they're on the hip, behind them, in front of them, right. um, that crossover game, whatever. You could come up with – you just make stuff up on the fly if you wanted to. Right. But there's, there's a ton of good read-and-react uh, mini-games. But um, putting them in those situations and then almost putting them in a situation where it demands them to use those skills that you taught them. Right. And then they learn how to apply that to a game because you can have those kids that – everybody knows are the workout kids that can't compete and can't play five on five. Exactly. Um, but yeah. And then you have the kids that are great on five on five, actually dominate and you get them in a workout session. They have no idea what their feet are doing, which right. is not good either. Right. Like just playing off of peer reactions and instincts and not knowing what's going on is not good. You want to have both. Right. Um, and I always, so yeah, I always told people that I always said that there's uh there's people that are really good at workouts but aren't aren't phenomenal in games. They don't know how to put it together. I think there's yeah. there's people that are can just pack up, go score forty, but yet you don't go don't go don't know how to do anything in a workout situation. But they could just naturally gifted and can go score and play. Then I feel like there's the people that like can do both, and I feel like when they understand what to do, those are the people that are really truly special and like just they just get it they just get it the game and they see the game and i always say it's like yeah you got to think the game but like i also you have to react so it's like the people that can react the quickest but think the quickest ultimately are the ones that just win yep yep and and i think that timing plays into that perfectly all the all the skill work and all the the forward timing if you have that then you can just play free like if somebody checks me hedges me does anything um, I have the tools to just play, just to react. There's nothing that's really missing. Um, I know how to maneuver the ball and maneuver my feet around and through defenders. Um, and I can play in multiple situations off the catch, off the dribble, pick and roll, pin downs, all that stuff. Right. I, I do, I love doing the, uh, like the game situation training. So like, Hey, we're going to go through a bunch of pin down options or we're going to do, you know, we're going to dump it to you in the low post and we're going to go through some moves down there. Right. I love that. I do think there's a cap on it. Um, and I think that happens after they become skilled and understand the timing. Then you can start saying, Hey, let's add these very specific go-to moves. Um, but a lot of it I think is like, you have to get them to a certain skill point where they can actually apply some of the other stuff. Right. Um, and honestly, like the, I get the, the overseas guys or the guys that finish college and they'll come work out with me. Cause you know, this is the first time we meet whatever. And, uh, they're like, wow, I wish I had this when I was like either <laughs> right. up or in college. And I'm like, dude, you just, uh, you just scored 30 points a game and <laughs> at the D2 level. Like, I yeah. think you're fine. Yeah. And, uh, he's like, no dude, like you've unlocked this whole new thing with me and like how to play and like right. how to move. And, I think there's like this, you know, under talked about thing was just like mental confidence of like what you're able to do. Right. Um, I think that's huge too. For sure. And like, honestly, okay, let's just kind of take that right into, I guess my next question is like, how challenging is it working with like, like, like you just said, your, your overseas professional players, your elite college players, your elite skilled, uh, high school players. And then maybe the next workout is like a second grade or first grade kid. How, how challenging is it like, transitioning like from workout to workout from skill session to skill session to like okay well if you tell if you tell reed travis one time how to do something i guarantee he's probably gonna get it versus like okay you you got a brand new first grader that comes in the gym and it's very hard to keep their attention to then get to the point where like you got to tell them what to do you got to show them what to do you got to walk them through what to do and then okay now teach them what to do well it's it's 
ultimately it's on you right. to, to handle that mentally because the kid comes in there and they don't know right. what's going on. Like they, they don't know that you just did this with this person. So a lot of this <laughs> on you, but even like a lot of my high school kids, like I'll have eighth graders, seventh graders that are very skilled that yeah. they can do something. And I have the pro that comes in next and he sucks at it. Yeah. Right. She's terrible at it. And or like, I'll have uh, a division one girls program work with me. I'm like, listen guys, my middle school girls, they can get this. They can finish like this. They can they can stop like this. Right. It's, and and it's not that they can't. It's just like they've never been through it. So I do think it goes both ways. And I've definitely been in situations where I've worked with a pro than a little kid, or the other way around, where I work with a little kid that's better than or more skilled than the pro. Right. Um, I don't know. I think it's like mentally before each session, you have to be like take a deep breath and be like, okay this is who this person is. This is how I got to do this because right. otherwise you'll just kind of be shooting yourself in the foot. But that is a, that's definitely a challenge. It's yeah. always been a challenge and, and people that I talk to, it's also a challenge for them. But, um, and I think it goes, like I said, it goes all over. Like I'll have pro guys that, uh, can do a lot of things. And I look at another pro guy, I'm like, well, we can't get that deep into the bag today. So we're going to have to right. kind of <laughs> shorten it a little bit. Right. Right, no, I totally get that. And they said almost like I guess this is a part where you could like almost name drop like who've been some of like the top players that you've been able to to kind of work with uh throughout their career kind of thus far. Yeah. Um there's a ton of local kids that go to uh USD, SDSU, a lot of the D two kids um that I love working with. Some of the bigger guys like Reed Travis mm-hmm. is a Stanford guy, all McDonald's all American, played at Kentucky for a year. Yeah. Um He's he's uh, really really good. Not yeah. just in the basketball sense, but like the dude had like through quarantine worked out with us for almost six months, wow. which would be a half of a year. Yeah. And every single day he woke up at like five thirty six. He ate his breakfast, lifted or got his physical therapy, lifted. We worked out, then went home, ate, did <laughs> yoga, came back to me. We worked out again, then did PT again for six straight months and I'm like dude the discipline that takes is yeah. unreal right so Ray Travis is always uh, top on my list Justin Patton is another big one for me um, as of recent he went to the the G League bubble then got called up by the Rockets and he's I think he's played like six or seven games with the Rockets right now before their all-star break you got a you got a two-way um, deal and he's he's doing well um, and yeah I mean those two, those two right now I guess would be my biggest guys and there's been a handful of overseas guys. DeAndre Liggins is an old NBA vet that works out with me. I don't want to say old. That <laughs> might be throwing <laughs> under the bus a little bit. Right. He's definitely not old. Uh, he's an NBA vet that uh, was played on great teams with LeBron and all these people. He's out in London right now, absolutely killing it. He might be MVP of that league. And, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think I think the pro roster and that stuff will always will grow with you know more people you work with and more results they get. Right. But you know. The more I do it, and I'm not just saying this because, you know, you know, you look at Drew Hanlon, he's got all-stars, or you look right. at Jordan Lawley or, or DJ or whoever, and they, or even Reed Osi up in Minneapolis has Andrew Wiggins, right. all these people. And you're like, yeah, that's so cool. I would love to work with them. But then at the end of the day, you're like, I want to work with somebody that wants to work. Right, for sure. And and if it's Reed Travis that is, is um, in Japan and he wants to get to the league eventually, um, that that's who I you know what I mean like Reed is a, a amazing dude him and my uh, or him and his uh, girlfriend are, are great to me and my wife right um, just a great person comes from an awesome family 
like that's who I want to work with because right. he'll put the work in and and we can grow together and put some stuff together and same thing with Justin Justin's growing and and he trusts me and he'll put the work in and it's those are the type of people you want to work with no matter the level and obviously you want to work with some people that um, right. will play at a, at a high league or a high level but um, I think focusing on those kids that or or those people that are going to be disciplined and work hard is always just going to pay off oh, and for sure and yeah I mean that's that's been it for me that's yeah. I said I think that's why you always want to get to the point where like you have some, I guess, some names in the in your bag yes. and you can kind of just drop. Yeah. But also, it's you got to get to a point where, like, okay, well, what about the kids that aren't him right now? Like, yeah. you you got to get to the the younger kids, the the kids that aspire to be them. Like, so it, it, it's got to get to the point where you can kind of help all age, all all skill levels, and that and that goes back to my last question is like, how challenging is it to kind of change from workout to workout? But it's like. I guess your personality has to be able to adapt and then also yeah. you got to be able to change on the fly of like seeing and yeah. correcting, but also like not everybody learns the same way. So like some people yeah. are audio, some people are visual learners. Like, so I think, it, and it's where it gets to, it gets to be a challenge, but I think it like really helps you as an individual, as a trainer, like kind of grow and develop and kind of learn more about how to how to work with others and how to how to be patient is another one how to how to work with your time yep. management and like and like i said it, it all all those small little details um ultimately i think um determine what kind of person that you are but then also what kind of lasting impact you're going to leave on the person you're working with a hundred percent and it's you could you create your own beast right. so if you want to you know make the money or if you want you know whatever if you work out with a pro and then you have a fifth grader the next hour, that's on you. You booked it. Like, right, right. That's, you know what I mean? Right. Like you, I think, uh, eventually down the road and, and you know, this, like you can, you can create your own schedule and you can choose who you're going to work exactly, with. Exactly. Yep. Um, you know, the groups, the age groups, the whatever, whatever level, um, that's on you to kind of develop that. And obviously I think when you start, you have to kind of be willing to work with whoever and whenever. Right. Um, but down the road, you're like, Hey, like I don't have room. Like you're going to have to tell some people no, which has been very hard for me. For but sure. like telling people like, I can't, like I, I already have the, the maximum of kids I want to work with or whatever. Right. Um, yeah, I think that's another part of like just talking to, to trainers or with trainers. It's like, um, be willing to work with everybody, but then, you know, down the road, you know, have some expectations for the people that work with you. Like if they're going to show up, it's time to work type of thing. So, right. For sure. Yep. So cool. Almost like train. I got a couple questions left. Almost like be able to transition yeah. that right into like, how are you able to grow um, and establish like a, a powerful, like social media presence? And like, like I said, uh, yeah. where you post something and like next thing you know, it could like just take off. Um, yeah. just by posting, like I said, positive, um, and helpful skill development workouts. Like how are you able to kind of grow your social media, media yeah. presence? I, I think, uh, early on I was trying anything and everything, right. um, whether it was, uh, super informational or whether it was cool and, uh, I just wanted it to blow up or whatever. Right. So it's been, it's been a lot of trial and error. And then over the time you're like, well, this is what I believe in. Like, these are the things that I believe in. So now how do I talk about them or how do I present them to other people? And right. then just being creative with that. And, uh, it's been consistency. So since I started in 2015, I've posted weekly, daily, whatever, twice a day. Yep. It's literally been consistency and doing that over and over and over. And, uh, if something doesn't hit, that's okay. You just have to keep doing it. And, uh, 
and not just banging your head against the wall and doing the same thing. You have to kind of keep adjusting. So the one thing I do with all my new guys that, you know, whether they want to become trainers or they want advice, I say, okay, go follow the five top people in the industry, consume their content, watch it every single day because you watch stuff on your phone anyway. So just consume their stuff instead and learn. And whether you agree with it or not, like if they're just being goofy and just doing stuff to get views and likes, that's okay. But just understand how that works. Learn from that. And and whether you apply that or not, um, that's, that's huge for me is just constantly watching people that are industry leaders, um, believing in the stuff I believe in and being confident with it and then finding a way to just say that. Um, and then understanding like where, where there might be a, a opportunity to supply um, value and influence. So like we talked about the, the quarantine thing, right. like these kids are stuck, they can't work out. I'm not able to get in the gym with the kids in my head. I'm not going to just sit and, and right. chill. Right. I need to figure something out. So then I was like, all right, we got to do some at home stuff. Grab the camera. We're going to film. And we, I literally just wrote up as many workouts <laughs> as I can. We, we filmed like eight in a night. They blew up We're like, all right, let's just keep doing it. Right. And then, you know, eventually you have to think of some new stuff, but that was, that was huge for me. So, yeah. Okay. So, so talk about that. So we'll get into the, the quarantine now. So like, okay, the quarantine hits. And like I said, you're sitting at home, you start to do some like at home workouts, like, how, did, yeah. how how much did the quarantine kind of like hurt your business? How much did it kind of help help your business? Yeah, I mean, um, so since I work at that academy or help that build that academy, yeah. um, they're paying me to do that. So, you know, looking at it just from a business side, um, it didn't hurt me a ton. Obviously, I was worried about the facility and, and the academy bringing in money, but, you know, we couldn't. So right. my situation not being like a uh, – small business owner and entrepreneur entrepreneur was a little bit different. Um, where like I knew I was going to get paid and stuff like that. Um, but I did run my own training business in, in rented gym space. And if I would have went through that at that time, it would actually been very hard. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think kind of going to that quarantine, what it helped me with was realizing a lot of the stuff that I may have been putting on the side, like that the filming of the videos to help kids or thinking of more virtual ideas. Yeah. It just forces you, and it's done that with everybody in America, but right. it forces you to think like, what could I, what could, what more could I have been doing when I, when I wasn't even thinking about it? Like, was I just going through the motions and, and getting kids in and out? How can I be more creative? And, and now not giving that up, and just continually doing that. Um, and Twitter's been awesome for me. Right. I'm granted a great, a great following, and people trust me, and I have coaches and families and parents and kids all over that thing. And now I have a new audience where I'm like, okay, how do I serve these people, or how do I help these people every day? Right. And you know this, like, you have so much going on in the day, like, it's hard to do everything and give everybody everything. Yeah. But if you just find a way to give some sort of value here and there, people will appreciate it, because they know you got stuff going on. So, right. no, that's... That's been the biggest thing for me. It was like, you get, it's just like when I was going through college, you get hit with adversity and it's like, well, time to pivot. What are you going to do? Right. Are you going to go play video games or are you going to go do this? And, uh, yeah, that was, that was kind of the turning point for me. Right. And I honestly, like I said, I'm, I'm glad you said that, that terminology because like there was a book I read not too long ago. It's called pivot and go. 
and uh yep, it, nurse, yep. yep exactly and it got to the point where like like i said you can get faced with all that adversity and you can kind of stop and you can change directions and you can kind of just go like give up completely with that or and do something different or like you said pivot what you're doing and like yep. like figure out a way to make it work so that's where i think the quarantine like i said it helped me and like i said we talked about before we got on the podcast was like how how, how important was like me posting one video turned into like right. this massive social media like <laughs> <laughs> presence and like it got to the point where like okay well I'm, i can't do as many in-person workouts or um yeah. anymore so it was like how can i like not even like i guess help everyone but like how can i help my clients and then it like it just took off and then like yeah. i said as yeah. you start to kind of grow and develop like and kind of like going back to like your mem- most memorable moments like I guess one of my most memorable moments wasn't even the beat the trainer videos. It was more so like, because I did the beat the trainer videos, then I'll had all these coaches that started to follow me because of the players that they're, that they are, um, that they're posting the videos. Then it's like, okay, well I kind of like help connect some of these players and coaches and they ended up getting scholarships off it. And it was like, that's yeah. crazy all because i posted a dribbling video uh, like <laughs> and, I'm, and i'm sure you got a bunch of high school coaches that right. followed you or you know just found you and like wow this guy's actually around in our area that want to do camps right. and all sorts of stuff where now you got a whole new bunch of kids that um you can help exactly and i think that's been the craziest thing is like like i said like you said being able to pivot and change directions of like like not not changing the end goal just like changing the direction of how you get to that end goal is big and i think it's 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 big for for um anybody that had to to deal with a quarantine so like i said hats off to you kind of find out a way to help kids kind of continue to get better and strive to reach their goal yeah no it was uh and and i saw all your stuff and you were killing it too so um i think uh and i told you we were talking about this before like you said but um I think there was like a handful of people, specifically on Twitter, that were just going nuts. Yeah. Like we were posting stuff left and right, left and right, and uh, and and that's like that's like any business. Like an opportunity presents itself. Who's going to step up? Who's going to be that right. leader? And uh, it was cool to see a bunch of people like you and a handful of other guys and and, and ladies just like. Um, really blow up or get the shine that they should have had before right. and now people are finally seeing it it's that that part is cool yeah and i said it's been able to like i said really help grow my brand and my business um a ton so like i couldn't be i i mean as much as the quarantine i guess sucked but like i couldn't be more yeah. thankful that i guess it happened <laughs> like right. which is kind of crazy to say but like i said it, it's it's been a blessing and a curse and, and like i said in, in yeah. the long run that's only gonna I guess help me and my, my brain and ultimately help these kids kind of, kind of reach their goals. You think about the kids too. Like I told all those kids when they finally got back in the gym, I was like, you realize how lucky you are right now. Right. Because South Dakota was a little bit, I mean, they were open a little bit earlier than most and our facility is backed by a health organization. So we found a way to like have sanitized people cleaning the basketballs, people with their mom, all sorts of stuff like river and mask and all that. So I was like, you realize how lucky you are that you get to just be in this gym, and I have to stand at half court, and you got to be over there on that far hoop. Right. But at least you're in this gym. For sure. And I'm like, you better not forget that. Like, there's not, there's so many kids that whether it's quarantine or not, can't come to a gym like this. Right. So yeah. just be thankful. Yeah. Absolutely. So almost like turn that into like it, it seems like you've been really pretty successful. Like I guess at this part, like this far, 
Um, what's next for you? Like, do you have any like personal goals? Do you have like an end game? Like what are, what are your goals that you're looking forward to? Whether that be in, in the training game or like, I guess outside of the training game. Yeah. I think outside is, uh, continue to be a good husband, uh, eventually be a good father and stay healthy and active and, and just live a positive and, um, yeah, just a positive, happy life. And, uh, inside of basketball, it's always going to change for me, but, you know, I think up front right now is keep leading this basketball academy within the state and making it grow and helping our facility and get more recognition and um, just be a part of the Sanford family has been awesome. Right. Um, but even past that, continue to grow the pro client base, um, continually to grow my online presence and, uh, you know, develop my um, – training philosophy is kind of what we talked about putting that pen to paper and really saying this is what i believe in and finding ways to keep um you know telling that story or providing that value to people um i think that's going to be huge for me and uh if i look at like when i'm all said and done and i don't want to do it anymore i just want to be able to look back and say look you dude you grinded and you put it all put it all in there um you did everything and you tried everything and yeah, I think it's just continuing to try new things and, and hats off to you, like even doing this podcast, like I'm sure when you started, you went back and forth, like, should I do it? Should I not right. do it? And I've done the same thing with a million other things. Like, yeah. should I do this? Should I not do it? And it's always better when you just do it, and right. it whether it, you know, it goes through or not. And if it gets one view or a million views, like you, you're glad you, at least you did it. So right. I'm trying to take that approach, like just keep building keep trying new things and and eventually um you'll be seen as an industry leader and uh in the right way not not the gimmicky way just like you're providing value for such a long time um it's just people that's how you earn people's respect so yeah for sure no i totally totally with you on that one so like for everybody that's kind of listening to this like if if shane hennon could give one piece of advice to anybody to kind of help improve their life or kind of like better their position like what's one piece of advice you could kind of help somebody else give yeah uh i actually just made a shirt and i'm not trying to sell shirts yeah. right you have to buy a shirt but the shirt is why not me or the message is why not me and when i grew up that was my dad's message to me in many ways not just saying that phrase to me but going to AU tournaments and, and looking across half court like, holy crap, I'm about to get hammered on or I'm not right. going to bring the ball or that guy's got so many offers. And my dad was always like, who cares? Like, he's not that good. Like, right. he's he's, literally, he's a 14-year-old he's a kid like you are. Right. And that was always like, you when you get into the training business and you're like, you're looking at these guys like, wow, yeah, that guy's verified. <laughs> Something as silly as that. Or it's like, wow, that guy's that many followers or that guy works with this guy. It's like you get a little bit older and like, that dude's a human being, man. Like, right. it's a regular old dude. He just put the work in. So I think uh, if I were to you know, help a kid or a person who wants to become a trainer or a coach or whoever, I think the biggest thing that's helped me is that mentality of like, why why can't I do that? Right. All, all it's going to take, regardless of, you know, I'm in, mid, I'm in the Midwest. I'm in South Dakota. Right. Like, that is not the dream location for off-season no. NBA people. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So – um, my mentality has to be like, why not? Why can't I, why can't Reed Travis come work out with me for six months? Why can't Justin Patton, you know, get a two way and then come back this summer? Like it has to be that. Yeah. So, um, that's the biggest thing for me is, is why not me? For sure. And honestly, this is going to sound wild, but like 
you're you out here promoting your t-shirt well the morning you hit me up i ended up going and going to support you so i got a t-shirt on the way coming so, man i appreciate that yep. that is huge yep i got I you so that. as soon as, as soon as it gets in you know there's gonna be a social media post waiting for you here i appreciate uh, that <laughs> and I, i'll uh I gotta. Anytime you uh, are getting something rolling, I'll make sure I, I give you that support back. Perfect. But I do appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to hear, in, in, in Shane Hennon's opinion, give me your top three players of all time, and I want to hear in in three, two, one order. One being the greatest, and then so oh, you gosh. don't. I want to just hear hear the names first, <laughs> and then why you put them where you put them. All right, best. Uh, okay, God, there's so many freaking arguments with this. This is <laughs> hilarious. Um, okay. Best of all time, uh, Michael Jordan because yep. of winning. LeBron James because he's the best player of all time. Mm-hmm. Not the best winner, but the best player um, skill-wise to me. Yep. And then probably Kobe. Okay, so you putting it as Jordan's one, LeBron's two, Kobe's three? Yeah, and that is so hard. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> right. But – that's what I got to do. I right. have to do it. And I honestly, like I said, people give, I think people give LeBron so much hate and criticism, but like, I I, in my LeBron opinion, did. like it gets to the point where like, what if LeBron only has four or five years left and like, that's I it. Or we gotta, we gotta appreciate, I guess, everything he's doing yeah, and his man. greatness now. And like, and then, then we can have those talks. So like, okay, it gets to the point where like, okay, what if he does win two more rings and he ties Jordan? Okay, well, maybe he didn't have that killer instinct, but he made the right play. Like, yeah, it, it, it's See, just there's. I, I try not to get caught up in the like the first take right. debates. I just try to like <laughs> LeBron because of time right. and just the game getting better is a better basketball player because of his all around skill, body, blah blah blah. Mike obviously is the ultimate winner. Right. So like, you, it's like you're comparing two different things there. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm a big fan of LeBron. I just want him to fulfill his legacy. I yeah. want him to get his rings and um, all that. But yeah, yeah. I love those talks. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, well, after after the podcast, we'll have to debate this for a long time. Sometime. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So for for anybody that kind of wants to follow along on your journey and kind of like keep in touch with you and maybe bounce any questions or anything, any advice, anything off of you kind of, uh, if you can drop us your social media handles, um, yeah. especially I would say more so your Instagram, your Twitter. I know you're getting yeah. bigger on TikTok too. So it's like, especially those three yeah. drop your handles here. Yep. Uh, Hennen, H E N N E N underscore workouts. Um, that's on all channels. So just search that on anything and you, you should be able to find me. Perfect. Um, contact info, all that stuff will be on there. So Perfect. That sounds good, man. Like I said, I, I totally appreciate you coming on the show. And like I said, best of luck with everything you have going on. And like I said, I've yeah. been, I've been, a, a, I guess, a fan from afar. And like now yeah. we're, we've been able to kind of do some of the same things and kind of put us on a, a little bit of the same level. And it's like, I'm glad we yeah. could finally talk and connect. And hopefully this just continues to grow. And um, hopefully we'll be in a gym here soon, kind of collaborate on a small project uh, no, together. I, uh, no, I appreciate you having me on. Um, and I, like I said, I mean, same thing to you. You've been killing it. Um, you obviously are doing things the right way. You have great goals. You're helping people. It's, um, you know, regardless of status, whether one of us was huge or one of us was small, it's cool to talk to coaches. Right. And uh, the status stuff is all just kind of superficial, man. It's like that stuff really doesn't matter. So getting to talk to somebody that actually is helping kids and doing it the right way is, is always good for me. Right. Absolutely.